guys i hope your week has been going well so far thanks so much for joining me again today for another episode of midnight muse i'm matea Lene, and today i wanted to chat about love it's been a little weird because the past couple months or so i've had more and more questions about my romantic relationships and i guess that's something people are curious about and something i've learned over the past like four years or so is that i'm a person that kind of would like to keep some things private you know i've definitely been on the flip side before where i posted all the time about my relationships and i saw the effect it could have on the relationship and because of that i've become more private about that sector of my life that isn't to say you know i'm happy to talk about it here and there for sure especially since relationships are such a huge part of our lives and you guys know i'm very candid and open about everything going on and today's episode is inspired by a blog post i wrote in january so i guess i'll just start off by reading it so it goes i've recently become in love with the idea of love what it means what it looks like and most importantly what it feels like that wasn't always the case The very thought of it used to kind of make me gag, and I guess if I'm 100% honest, a little part of me still does here and there, but the overwhelming majority of me has grown to love watching people learn to love. I'm pretty sure that love is tougher to pursue in some ways these days. People get lost in the hidden meanings of digital messages and overthink to the point of destruction. I know it's true, I've done it more times than I can count. We ghost, breadcrumb, orbit, bench, stash, curve, and have situationships. It's really, really confusing. And if you don't know what those terms are, then I guess that just goes to show how confusing it truly is, dear listener. It's been really interesting to see the rise of Enneagram, astrology, and Myers-Briggs readings. We put so much faith into those things to measure our compatibility when it really just boils down to the willingness and desire of both partners to communicate in effective ways. We also live in a digital age where we start to lose faith in our significant other for not surprising us with rose-petaled pathways leading to an earth-shattering love letter left on our beds. We get upset at our partners for not offering large expensive gestures of affection that enable us to break a thousand likes on Instagram like Blank's boyfriend did. It's a comparison game, and the worst part is that half the time we don't even recognize we're playing it. In a world with Enneagrams, astrology, and various personality types, we also live in a world with 7 billion people and an infinite number of ways they choose to say I love you. It may not be rose-petaled pathways leading to romantic happenings, but it might mean that they hold the door open for you so you always know you're their priority. It may not mean surprising you at work with a dozen red roses and a box of chocolates for no reason, but it might mean that they drop important projects they were working on diligently to come soothe you when your mental health wavers. Sometimes it means telling you how proud of you they are, or helping you practice a presentation you're nervous about, even though they have a million and one other things on their to-do list. Growing up, I thought love was merely a feeling, and I was incredibly wrong, for it is a choice, and sometimes it's a hard one to make. It means choosing to put in the effort to work with your partner day in and day out, even if neither of you want to on that particular day. It's figuring out what your love languages are, both yours and your partner's, so that you learn to recognize how they say I love you on a daily basis, beyond those three little words rolled off the tongue. 
Sometimes it means holding in what you're dying to say in that very moment so you can learn to listen and learn to have a two-way conversation. It means telling someone how you feel, even when you don't want to, or walking them through your thought process even though you may not know what you're feeling in that exact point in time. Though it can be challenging and drive you up the wall sometimes, the growth you endure is rewarding in itself. Everyone we meet has something to teach us, and a lot of the time we don't learn the lesson until a large amount of time has passed. I think one of the most important things I've come to learn near the end of 2019 is that love stories don't have time constraints. We tend to place these constraints on ourselves because our hometown friends are getting engaged or married and starting their family so young. We feel like we're behind them, but we aren't. We discount their feelings toward each other, claiming that they're too young to know what they really want, and that may not be the case. Maybe they truly have found their human, and maybe we ought to stop discounting other people's stories without knowing their narrative just because we decide to pull out our measuring stick of comparison, and maybe we should just be genuinely happy for them. There's no rule book telling us that we have to find the one by a certain age and settle down by the time we're 25. It's important to note that there also isn't a rule claiming that we have to wait until our 30s to settle down and have kids. There's not a law telling you that you have to get engaged five years into dating, and there's no law telling you that you can't get married after your very first date. I know people that have waited over 10 years to tie the knot, and I know some people that quite literally met on a train abroad and eloped the next day. We're all on our own timelines, which can be exciting if you let it be. There's a digital measuring stick we tend to pick up when we go through our daily timelines, and catch ourselves accidentally comparing ourselves to our friends. It's probably time to put those away and focus on our own journeys. And the person you'll end up spending your entire life with is looking at you right in the mirror. So that was the blog post, and one of the big, biggest things I guess we've got to learn over time is how to manage being our own person and continue to do amazing things with someone we love next to us. And it's been a really difficult thing for me to learn. Um, I've always just had really high expectations, probably set thanks to Hollywood, or I've seen the potential in someone and grew fixated on that empty promise, and as a result, I became a version of myself that wasn't healthy and that I wasn't proud of. I grew up very independent, as I'm sure many of you guys have as well, and my friends would always joke about how I need the type of relationship where the guy isn't around like ever and can handle my schedule and I don't know, it's kind of weird, but once I hit like the four month mark, I either get really into it or I tend to lose interest and the terrible part is that after that four month mark, if I get really into it, I can become so unlike myself, which is super weird to realize and admit. I think it's Because I take the person more seriously and then all of a sudden I raise these expectations and put pressure on myself and the relationship a little bit more and then the codependency kind of sets in and so my most recent relationship has taught me a lot about that. I hit that point where I wasn't sure if it would work out but then it did and then I became so obsessed with it and probably the idea of love that I started becoming a bit codependent and now I'm a little more into the swing of things again and back to my normal, probably overly ambitious self and trying to set myself up for success and do things for myself outside of the relationship 
and it's obviously weird times right now with the pandemic going on and dating is a bit harder for sure with the regulations in place but I've kind of grown to like it a bit. It's definitely made me realize that there are so many communication styles out there and what works in one relationship may not work for another as you progress through your life. Things change, circumstances change, what you thought you wanted may actually not be what you wanted. For example, I thought that I really wanted to have constant communication with my boyfriend like all day and that if he didn't wake up and message me you know he didn't care but then as we talked or texted or whatever all day I noticed that it was a drag especially during quarantine when not much new goes on and by the time we did a good night call there's not much to talk about and it seems really mundane and we're both less passionate, less eager to talk, so we adjusted and we're not really texting much throughout the day, so that night call has more energy. And it's been nice, we get to spend more time in the present with whoever we're hanging out with uh, during the day and it relieves a lot of pressure and drag to reply throughout the day. We were both so exhausted and when we started the relationship, I never would have thought that would be my preference, I guess. It's weird because we're in this digital age where we feel like we have to be constantly connected online and maybe the reason why we're so infatuated with relationships from back in the day is because they actually spent real authentic time together and by removing that pressure, I think it's possible to create more passion and just genuine moments with people. I guess that goes with any type of relationship you know, like one of my best friends lives in Belgium and so the time difference sucks. It's what, seven, eight hours and texting is a drag because of the delay so I prefer to just FaceTime her and when we do, we chat for an hour or so more and it's just very animated and we catch up with each other and we laugh and it leaves me feeling way more energized than just dragging out delayed text messages for days. I don't know, there's just this weird pressure to also constantly show off that we're with someone and there's just no winning these days. You know, we criticize people that constantly share their relationship online. On the flip side, we criticize people for not sharing enough and being closed books and we're curious people We want to know what other people are up to all the time. That's why media publications exist. That's why social media exists. And I've got a new respect, I think, for those people that like to keep a part of their lives private, you know? I also have a ton of respect for people that are so authentically themselves to the world and share the good and bad times, which is important in today's digital world. It's a constant highlight reel. But at the same time, you know, it's great to just keep a little something for ourselves. A little magic, like a piece that's just ours. And it's kind of a little special secret we can either keep to ourselves or share with a loved one. And sometimes the best moments in our lives don't even make it to social media. And that's because we're doing the thing where, you know, in the present and don't have our phones in front of our face 24-7, which is, you know, diminishing our senses. And if you've got a special someone, you know, I urge you to be present and try as much as possible 
to not be on your devices and go do something. It's very rare that my boyfriend and I have our phones out when we're together, especially at meals, and we're quick to let the other know if a device is getting in the way. And I think that's important to have someone who will respectfully keep you present and remind you sometimes. You know, I almost wonder if we ask people how their love life is going just out of curiosity or comparison or like genuine authenticity. It's, I wonder, uh, I don't know, sometimes I think that the media has made our picture of relationships so skewed that we get into these real life situations and we feel like something's off when really things are fine. Maybe we need to make an adjustment here or there, but if I've learned anything, it's that I have to really monitor my expectations. Our partners are not us, and they're not going to do things the exact same way that we would, and that's probably the beauty of, the beauty and the reasoning, I guess, of why we chose to be with that person is because they're not us. So, we've got to communicate that and give and take, and that was just a really hard realization for me that I'm still working on, but yeah, just going back to my point earlier, if we're asking each other how our love lives are going and there's a hint of competitiveness and wanting our relationships to be doing better than someone else's in order to reap some sort of gratification. There's something wrong. And I don't have an answer. I guess we start by focusing on our own relationships and having a balanced set of expectations. You know, there are some common basic expectations that should be set, just, you know, how we deserve to be treated for the most part. But the tricky part is the execution. And we all have these different ways to show love. It can be hard to spot sometimes. I'm personally very much a words of affirmation and gifts person. I occasionally send my boyfriend little love quotes and things I found on Pinterest. I like to write him little cards that he can open every day with a little handwritten note since we're doing an hour-long, long-distance relationship for a while and we're both very busy and that's how I show love and I like to write long paragraphed text messages once in a while and sit down together and have a chat but I typically have to write out what I want to say first and I also need space sometimes whereas he you know likes to work things out in the heat of the moment but I definitely need my time to basically process things to communicate the way that I want to and so that's kind of where we differ as well and um as far as gifts go you know one of my favorite gifts from him that we've come to learn together are just handwritten cards like that's all I want for my birthday is just a nice card (laughs) whereas going into the relationship you know it was hard to figure out and he for lack of better terms would just kind of throw money um into the bucket and I don't know I, I just wasn't interested and it came across to me in the wrong way and so it's taken two years of working on how to better show each other how we care and it's a lot of work to figure out. He seems to be pretty, you know, words of affirmation but also acts of service based as he really tries to take care of me and put my well-being first and acts of service is not the same way that I always show love and so there's always that slight disconnect there because again that expectation of me being like 
why aren't you doing, you know, like heavy words of affirmation and gifts and like doing the same way that I would show you love? It's because he's like a completely different person. And so that's been a really hard thing to realize. And once you start to see the things that your partner offers in their language, you can start to see how frequently they tell you that they care and that's huge else we overthink and tell ourselves they don't care and they're not putting in effort but also we've got to put in the effort to recognize their language i guess i was in denial at first that gift giving was a love language of mine primarily because i thought it was tied to money and i shuddered basically at the thought of being materialistic but after speaking with my therapist about it you know, she just pointed out that gift giving isn't always about giving highly valuable things. She gave an example of a friend of hers that passes along hand-me-downs to her kids so that she doesn't have to continuously spend money on clothes, or maybe, you know, her friend had some extra tomatoes from her garden to share. I'm quickly learning that gift giving is an art, and it's more about being thoughtful about the way we can let others know we care, and so I don't know. After she explained it to me that way, I'm much more open to accepting the fact that I'm a gift giver, and it's also something that I just grew up with. You know, my family is very thoughtful. My brother great gift giver. He gives me at Christmas, you know, like a trip to go visit him or he gave me one year, you know, like a uh, a master class for Annie Leibovitz when I was really starting to get into photography and my sister and her husband, you know, they've homemade me a, a custom shelf. It's, it's really cool and very my style. It's just very thoughtful. Um, my family's just always been really into gift giving Whereas his family, they don't, they don't do presents, really. They don't, you know, siblings don't give each other presents. And so that's definitely been a very different thing to work through in terms of how we were just raised and how we express, you know, thoughtfulness and affection. As far as the distance thing goes, and with us being in a pandemic right now, I'm sure that you know some of your relationships have been strained and the dating scene is a little wonky right now, so I've learned that I really actually love FaceTime the most. It's so much better, I think, to do a FaceTime call than a regular call, just because over texting and sometimes calls, even the tones can get lost and mixed up and things get taken the wrong way, so it's just so much more easy to see the expressions on the person you're talking to. That's made me more happy to chat with my boyfriend and get to see like his expression adds so much more energy to the conversation, you know? So if you feel like your conversations are dry during this time, try not really texting during the day because honestly, there's not a ton to talk about and you'll get drained. And unless, I mean, you know, you have something big to share or a question to ask and having just a more energetic conversation on FaceTime at night. It's a small tweak, but it's such a game changer. If you guys try it, let me know how it works for you. And yeah, another thing that I think is just really important is showing appreciation. It's really easy to let your partner pay for a meal and get into the habit of it and because it's a societal expectation that whatever partner pays for the meal, like, you know, they they pay. Historically, you know, the male is paid, he's expected to pay on dates. And I know now that's not always the case and so that's, you know, a talk that we've definitely had to have, um, but... 
I don't know, it's also just, it's really easy to let your partner pay for a meal and get into a habit of it, but it means a lot to them when you say thank you, even if they only, you know, drove through McDonald's to get you a small fry or something, but it's, it's still nice that they, you know, put in the little effort to do that for you, but I've seen it with both my boyfriend's parents and mine. They tell each other thank you either for taking the family out to eat or for cooking a good dinner at home and it's the small things that really do truly mean the most and I'll never forget this time that my boyfriend took me to a Korean barbecue place near my apartment and we like to go often actually and it's not like steakhouse expensive but it's not a cheap fast food place you know it's I don't know it's also near and dear to my heart as a Korean and so we were checking out and he got the tab and as the lady was checking us out I was just like thank you for dinner and he gave me a forehead kiss and said of course anytime and it's just those tiny little moments that are most important that make your person feel important and appreciated and I don't know I got little butterflies it was just so cute And yeah, my boyfriend has taught me that and he does a really good job of it. We went shopping once and it was a store that was not quite his style, but one of my favorite stores. And he wasn't really feeling any of it, but when we left, he said, but thank you for showing me those designs. That was really nice. And it's the little thank yous here and there, you know, that made me realize that appreciation is one of the simplest things you can do to make your partner feel important. And before I picked up that he's got a great habit of it, I had no idea. It's probably good for us to try and be more appreciative anyways. It's, you know, going to make us focus on what we do have rather than what we might be lacking, and that's, again, probably where the comparison front comes in. I don't know. I guess that's just where I'm at right now and trying to figure out. So, it's not like I popped out the womb, you know, and knew this. It's taken a lot of conversations and painful realizations that I'm only just now really starting to sort out. As always, I've got a little quote for you guys today. It is by Butterflies Rising. I don't need fancy ways and shiny things. Give me slow hands, honest eyes, and full attention with ease. Give me priceless things. I love that. It's so easy to get caught up online with seeing how some boyfriends do these outrageous gestures, and at the end of the day, you know, it's important to remember what matters, but Yeah, I just wanted to share that bit of my heart with you guys today, and I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you next time.